From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Every single thing that occurs, I want people to remember this is a business. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Scott Soshnank. Duke. Everybody loves rooting against them, right? Evan Novi williams Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Mike Oresco, he's the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Mindy race car driver, Elio Castroneves. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with the Baseball Hall of of fame longtime Yankees captain Derek Jeter came within one vote of being a unanimous pick for baseball's highest honor, falling just shy of joining teammate Mariano Rivera as baseball's only unanimous electee. Well, congratulations, first of all, to Derek Jeter. You didn't even mention the other inductee. I know, Mr. Walker. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, Larry, yeah, Larry Walker. Second Canadian, right? Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was It was his last year of eligibility. Or Montreal, too. Wasn't Larry Walker with Montreal, too? He <laughs> definitely played for Montreal. Yeah. But let's you. talk about Derek Jeter. <laughs> well, <laughs> but first of all, the whole... I, and I was preparing for this, and of course we got it, this outrage that it's not 100% and it's not unanimous. Who cares? I'm totally with you. It, it just stop people. It doesn't matter. But, Barr, from the business perspective... I was wondering if Mariano being the first unanimous, there sort of was this bump to his memorabilia as the first to do it. I was wondering, is there some sort of memorabilia uh, bump in value if Jeter would have been the same? So I sent it over to Ken Golden of Golden Auctions, that exact question, and he just says, none. In my opinion, no bump at all. Quote, it actually gives his fans a talking point to complain that he should have been, and the outrage establishes more interest and will keep him in the news. Called Rivera fluke. I uh, said Griffey wasn't unanimous, and there won't be a unanimous in the next ten plus years. Well, see, first, first and they of all, are complaining. We, yeah, and, and they, they are, are complaining. complaining. Here's convention. Well, this is the reason why is because the one lone vote. Yeah, he voted no, and then left the rest of the ballot blank. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, then, you know. I didn't even see who it was, by the way. And again, you know, everybody has their right to vote, but it's, you know, that's where the the complaints are. Also, when there's 425, whatever the total number is, votes, and you are approved on all but one, in my opinion, that is unanimous, right? There's always going to be a contrarian or someone who fills out the ballot. There's always going to be something. But if you're getting 424 or 425 votes, whatever the whole thing is, that to me is is unanimous. Another thing on the business side, uh, as, as we keep talking about this, 
people who are not complaining, people in Cooperstown. The hotels, right? baby. The, right. the, the, the whole industry. The yeah. You love to have local guys. Cooperstown's about 180 miles away from New York City. Um, people who are super popular, as Derek Jeter was, uh, the memorabilia shops, the restaurants, the inns, the hotels, the bus services. Everybody is preparing for what they think, and, and they've been talking about for years, ever since Cheetah retired, to kind of put this five-year stopwatch on the on the town. The Otisaga Hotel, expecting- that's the place to be. Is that right? Yeah. Look at that. Not even a wow. not even a sponsor. We're giving them free free airtime. Um, <laughs> I bet you everybody can't get a everybody is expecting. You know, it, 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 Cooperstown's a tiny town, right? There's 1,800 people yes. in the entire town. It swells to 20,000 on a normal induction ceremony. You know, would would Jeter's induction get 100,000? I don't think people would be shocked by that, right? So th- there's going to be a massive influx of dollars coming to if, Cooperstown. If I, this yeah, summer. if I'm all the people in Cooperstown and I own businesses there, all the core of the Yankees. I'd never want them to retire the same year. You want sta- you want to ladder that. Stagger this it year out. is Jeter, then it was it was Mariano. What you got? Yeah, you had Rivera yeah, that, last there, year. Yeah, that's you what you want. Jeter. You got to stagger these popular players. For what it's worth, by the way, Ken Golden did say that Larry Walker would see a significant bump in his memorabilia. I would imagine for a guy who maybe on maybe maybe not Hall of Famer that suddenly you, you get this you get this vote in your last yeah. chance eligible and that makes you know that makes you a, a part of baseball royalty in a way you weren't before for Jeter I mean everybody knew whether it was unanimous or 99.8% of the votes whatever it was everyone knew he was going to be a hall of famer I can't imagine but maybe this this does boost things. Larry Walker, memory. signing member beyond Bloor Street. <laughs> Next to Pete Rose, <laughs> yeah. who's there every yeah. year. <laughs> By the way, you know who's getting closer and he got more votes, Kurt Schilling. Yeah. He's getting closer and Barry Bonds also got How more. is Kurt Schilling? Forget the politics. Forget the whether you're a nice guy, not yeah, what he, he I, should I, be in. How there. is Kurt Schilling not a Hall of Famer? I, I agree with you. 10, it's not like percent. that steroids or not whatever. How is Kurt Schilling, by any measure of his accomplishments That's on right. the field, I, not a Hall of Famer? You will not get any word of disagreement I, from me. I think this is this exact conversation is why these votes are silly, right? Because they're yes. everybody. Every writer has their own interpretation of how they think. They should what be voting. What the criteria is, yeah. looks like. Yeah. The fact that there's first ballot and not first ballot, I think, is silly, and I'll rail against that till uh, till it gets changed. But yeah, I, th- I think the, the the of the major Hall of Fames, there's no question that the baseball one likes to hold itself to a standard that it thinks is more elite, more selective than than, hey, than it, ones like but the you know football what? People one. People talking or the about one. it. I mean, yeah. Look at. The, I mean, the others don't really have a whole lot of conversation around that. Well, almost everybody gets in, right? I mean, too many. The three of us could probably get into the football Hall of Fame if we, if we played played ten. <laughs> Excuse me, if there was a lightweight football Hall of Fame, perhaps you'd be a marginal vote getter there. Uh, I'm following Barv. He's he. You're my. You're the blocking back. I'm a tight end. I'm not really fast. No, you're a fullback. I'm not really fast (laughs) enough to be the running back, but you know I have to play some role here. What am I doing? So he's the receiver. Oh great. So I'm either throwing it to Edmund or I'm running behind you. And I'm picking running behind you. What a great segue, Scott. Oh, I picked up on it. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com. Turning to some ownership news now, receiver, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald has purchased a minority stake in the Phoenix Suns, joining a small club of active NFL players invested in an NBA franchise. 
Uh, Columbus lots, too, lots right? Lots of athletes do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him and Aaron Rodgers. Well, Robert Sarver can use some popular figures in his ownership group because the team's not winning a whole lot. Um, they're, they're refurbishing the arena, right? We're getting some upgrades to the arena. Yeah, I think that that arena package, two hundred thirty million dollar yeah. arena package, yeah. I think Fitzgerald actually played a pretty big role in advocating for that publicly a couple of years ago. I, I can't think of a more popular f- sports figure in Arizona than, than Larry Fitzgerald, and he's going to play another year. He said. What what a, a a really wonderful guy. He's done great things in the community. That's the kind of person you want. You always talk about strategic partners. What do you bring to the table besides money? And that's the kind of the in vogue thing these days. If you're if I'm a, a general partner, I can probably get lots of people to come in and give me some money, but you better bring an expertise in media, in real estate, whatever. You know what Larry Fitzgerald brings that Sarver does not have? Which is likability. Yes. People love him. Huge. <laughs> yes. Make him the face of the franchise if you can. I mean, he really is. And I've covered him in, in Super Bowls before. Um, I told you the story when, when they played the Steelers. Uh, I was sitting right in front of his father when he ran that slant pattern and, and broke away. Was there like a minute and a half left in right. the game against the Steelers? And, and I just turned around and was like looking at his dad who was trying to to remain impartial as a reporter at the time. Yeah. And you could see him busting at the seams. But... He's just like this. He's got this ten thousand watt smile. Such a good guy. Just a good, good, right, perfect person to bring in. If you're Robert Sarver, we don't know the terms of the investment. I suffice it to say, I don't think it's a hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very yes. small. <laughs> yeah. um, just to kind of put things in perspective, Larry John, Larry Fitzgerald paid 16 seasons in the NFL as one of the best players in the league almost the entire time. Made 175 million dollars, and that probably doesn't buy 10 percent. Right. of the Suns, right? Even if he saved every single dollar he had made and never spent a dime. So assuming this is a very small stake, but you're right, Scott, this is this is a strategic partnership, right, that brings Robert Sarver stuff that he does not necessarily have in the community right now, and it's probably a great for, for Larry yeah. Fitzgerald as well. This is, uh, on a, I would say, on a smaller scale, this is a, a, an equivalent of Magic Johnson mm-hmm. being part of the Dodgers ownership group. Sort of Magic interviewed all of the prospective bidders, because if you're going to get something done in L.A., it really helps to have, again, the megawatt smile of Magic and the gravitas and, and the personality that Magic is in L.A. So it, it's on that scale, on a smaller scale, but he gets to stay involved. He gets to, and we one of the reasons people buy these LP stakes, Evan, is they, like, they get to learn the ropes. Mm-hmm. Maybe down the road there's something more for Larry Fitzgerald, who for my money and for all the guys I've hung around, and by no means am I there every day, but one of the favorite guys for me to talk to. We would talk photography. We would talk a bunch of things that had nothing to do with football. Really good guy. By the way, for those of you playing at home, and help me out on hit me up on Twitter. Has Larry Fitzgerald at ever Big won Bar Sports? At Big Bar Sports, yeah, I should add that in there. It's, you know, just not any old Twitter <laughs> handle. Uh, has Larry Fitzgerald ever won the uh, Walter Payton Award? I don't know. Uh, if only My we Walter had a Payton vehicle by Lord. which we could search these things. <laughs> I will go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> And see. Let me look While back, looks let me, that up, let me think go, back in my well, head real quick. I he, believe he won it in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, Larry Fitzgerald won the award a couple years ago, 2016. No, I see, and he deserved it. I understand. Uh, moving along to the Ringer, the sports and culture media company founded by Bill Simmons, is reportedly in talks about a sale to Spotify Technology. Uh, I don't care about the fact that. It's in talks. It's the price tag that Bill Simmons seeming, I guess, reportedly is looking for, $200 million. 
And my guess, this is my guess, is this is one of those situations where Bill said, you know, I'm going to put a crazy price tag out there and maybe somebody will give it to me. And if they do, I'll sell. But the one thing, and I have not spoken to Bill Simmons about this, um, I have emailed Bill about coming on this show, and I'm going to do it again now when we're done here. But the one thing I think I have gleaned about Bill Simmons over the years is that he probably doesn't really want a boss. Yeah. You know? What makes you say that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let everybody. The last one worked I, out. I'm so going to let everybody go to the Google machine and, and do Bill Simmons ESPN and and see how that worked out. But the valuation on the Ringer at 200 million seems to be high for what I think is big revenue generator is the podcast, podcast at for sure. 15, what, yeah. 15 million annual, uh, whatever, somewhere around there. Yeah, the the 200 million dollar number comes from a front office sports story. The the yeah, the Ringer does both podcast and print. I, from yeah. what I understand, the, the podcast the drives does the not do yeah. all that well. <laughs> they have the over 30 podcasts, I believe, and and those get over 100 100 million uh, annual downloads. Maybe those those numbers are wrong, but yes, it's it's a massive podcast company, and that's necessarily not a bad thing, right? No, Spot, no, Spotify no. just yeah. bought Gimlet Media, which is primarily podcast. They paid two hundred million dollars for that. I don't know the finances of Gimlet versus the finances of the Ringer, uh, but just because it's a podcast company doesn't hurt them. But from what you know, people seem to be saying already, two hundred may be a little high, but there's nothing wrong with asking for Why it. Not right? for, hey, there's don't ask if you don't asking. get. Yeah. You know what? We need a sounder. Old Man Barr is about to tell a story, which comes into what you said about I'm going to throw that figure out there. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh my when God, she, Elizabeth Taylor! Yeah, I'm I going love, Elizabeth this Taylor. This is so on brand; it's perfect. That's and and they called up Elizabeth Taylor. They said, "We Who's want they? you to star." The producers of okay. Cleopatra. They okay. wanted her to star mm-hmm. in Cleopatra, and Elizabeth Taylor was like, "All right, I'm just going to throw some crazy." And this is like 1960 or something. Yeah. Right? She said, "Okay, I'm going to throw some crazy figure out there—a million dollars." They said, okay, okay, fine. We want you to come on in. And, <laughs> Great negotiation. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, I guess I better do this. So I'm wondering if Bill Simmons. I, I meant to say $3 that. million. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that yes came way too quickly. Let that be a lesson. Go way high. Other news real quick in the sports media world. The Athletic, the uh, digital startup that is you know, hoovering up hiring writers around, around, yeah. around the country and now around the globe, uh, apparently just raised $50 million at a $500 million valuation. So kind of put that in perspective with where the ringer is and and, and the athletics uh, opportunity there as well. Anytime you see a sports writer start a tweet with I, some personal news, the athletic is, is invariably at the end of that tweet. <laughs> this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr along with Scott Soschnick. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business world. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.